social ladies. All the 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 social ladies. Now put your phones up. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Because if you're social, then you really should be tweeting less. If you're social, then you really could be leading less. You can't have what people say it's so mysterious. Because you're social, you're a leader and you're serious. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Hi, and welcome to another episode of All the Social Ladies. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media, and today I actually have someone from Likeable Media here because I felt that I actually went to lunch with her and heard her story and said, this is a story that needs to be shared. So I'm going to give you her formal intro, and then we'll get to talking, and you are just going to love her perspective on work and life and balance and all of it. I'm so impressed by her every day. So I'm going to introduce you today to Kelly Bird, who has over six years of public relations, marketing and social media experience. She's had a variety of past clients, including nonprofits and startups and Fortune 500 companies. So she's got a really wide range of experience. Um, She's also worked in the tech space as the head of public relations and social media for Talk Tech Communications. And she's also worked for and with National Yoga Month. So I'm so excited to introduce Kelly Bird today. She is fabulous, and I can't wait for you to meet her. Oh, thank you so much, Gary. Glad to be here. I'm so happy to have you here. You know, when we went to lunch, uh, you told me a little bit about your story. And what I what I love that resonated so much is that you're such a type A personality. And then you had this journey that was so um, kind of the opposite of what a type A would normally experience. So why don't you fill our listeners in on your story? Sure. My background is in public relations and marketing and obviously social media, uh, especially most recently. Um, And right after I graduated college, I spent a couple years with a large agency in New York um, working predominantly on technology clients. And then uh, in my personal life, I kind of had this uh, moment and mostly in my romantic relationship where this opportunity came up actually to move to New Zealand from New York. And my first impression, of course, to the question of would you go was absolutely not. Um, You know, I have my life here and my career here and this is... Uh, sounds really great and wonderful, but it's totally not realistic. And then one day I just had a moment that was like, you know, this truly is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and why not take it and, and kind of see where it leads me? So I decided to go, um, and I did move to New Zealand. All, all together, I spent, uh, we spent five months there. Wow. So not not that long in perspective, but you know, much longer than I would have went otherwise. It's pretty long. Were you, were you scared? To, did you leave your job? I did leave my job. You left your job. Were you scared to do that? I was very scared. Early in your career. I was very scared to leave my job, leave my comfort zone. I'm from New York originally, and I went to school here, and I had lived and worked here. My, All my support group is here. Um, but it was almost like a, you know, I take the big leap and see what happens and kind of now or nothing type of moment. And it was definitely hard. I had some moments where... The, honestly, the first day I was there, I woke up and I had a moment of like, what am I what am I doing here? And you were there and getting there, it was just you were there just to experience it. It wasn't like for a specific purpose for you. Right. 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 It was mostly for the experience. And uh, at the time, I was actually going to go back to school. So okay. it was like, OK, this is a little hiatus before I go to graduate school, which I ended up deferring. But um, yeah, it was really just for the experience, for the opportunity, for the travel. I had 
uh, previously been, I say, bitten by the travel bug already. So I was like itching to go somewhere new. So this kind of felt that, fed that. So you went to New Zealand and you had no plan. Yeah. <laughs> and then what happened? So you're there. Um, so we're there. And uh, so I, I had went with my boyfriend who was doing a training um, to start a career in snow sports. And he got several certifications to do that. And then, uh, as I mentioned, I was going to go to graduate school actually um, in the UK in London and decided, oh, I don't know if I want to take out these loans and I'm just going to wait another year. So I asked the school if I could defer and they said, nobody ever asked. Sure. (laughs) So they let me and uh, he got a job uh, actually in California, in Northern California where it does snow. And uh, we moved there. And then I uh, got another, I got back into my field and got an internal marketing position doing social media for a company and um, and doing a little bit of, of PR and branding. We did a full rebrand for them, um, things like that. So I started to feel a little bit, you know, better, like back in my space. But um, absolutely, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me about my experience with New Zealand. And then I later did some travel after that. And I definitely tell them it's not always easy. It's definitely a big decision. The hardest part is booking the flight, and it's usually the most expensive part. Yep. Um, but I absolutely wouldn't trade the experience for anything, even in the worst moments. So would you recommend it early in your career, taking a step like that and doing that? <sighs> would I recommend it early in the career? I think a lot of it depends. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it depends on, on your field. And if you're in, in social media, maybe it's a little bit more flexible. Maybe you have, like, remote working options. Um, but... I mean, for me, part of part of what did comfort my type A side, who was yes. very, very worried about the resume and how is yes. this going to look? How am I going to explain this in future interviews? Will yep. this be okay? Is yep. this acceptable? Yep. Um, the type A, a side was comforted a little bit by the fact that I, ha- I had worked um, at that point about three years in, you know, communications, overall marketing. And I was fortunate enough to have some, you know, pretty impressive clients and um, I was, you know, proud of my work and, and getting some praise internally. I had been promoted. And so I started to feel like, OK, I've, I've laid the ground here and I feel pretty comfortable and, uh, you know, in moving forward and, and continuing to pursue this, you know, as a true career path. And so I, it was really just kind of a hopefully it'll work out. And I think I'm likable. So maybe <laughs> that's helpful. But, you know, we'll see. So you kind of gave yourself that confidence and the permission to do it. You basically allowed yourself to take that step. I did. You yeah. did. <laughs> I th- I, to me, it sounds like you'd recommend it, Kelly. I, I sounds like it was overall a very positive experience. You mentioned something about working remotely. Um, were you able to work remotely on some of your travels? And I know you've, you've taken a few different trips. Were you able to work remotely? And, and do you see that as a viable option for people? Um, yes and yes. So um, after we moved to California, we lived there for about two years, and then we actually took another trip to Australia this time, wow. uh, where we did spend a full year. And after New Zealand, obviously Australia was very close. We had a lot of discussions about that and uh, decided to go. And that was at the time when I was working with uh, Talk Tech Communications, mm-hmm. and I had started that work in California, and I did take my work with me. So. Um, I have worked remotely, actually, in several roles, also with National Yoga Month and um, a couple other organizations. So um, it's definitely an option. I think for me, uh, again, kind of having the groundwork of being in the office with the people all day, um, I did work in a pretty corporate setting. So I did have a lot of very type A, uh, you know, outlines and requirements and my kind of work structure, like even working on my own or with a team was kind of I wouldn't say rigid, but very well outlined. Okay. Um, and I think that helped me to work remotely pretty well. 
um, because I was able to, you know, manage my time in that way and, um, you know, keep running down my to-do lists, you know, pretty efficiently. So you were able to maintain that type of order and that type of um, activity as, a, a, you know, working in that type of environment while living a, a pretty free-flowing lifestyle in, in Australia. I'm actually really disappointed because the idea came afterwards, but uh, I, I wish I had started a blog called Today's Office <laughs> uh, because there were some days where I worked in some very interesting places. Um, I literally worked... Um, one day I did work on the beach. Oh, um, very after, nice. After camping. Nice. Um, I've taken conference calls in my car many times for a quiet space, uh, at picnic tables, like in in a lot of different, uh, you know, very abstract uh, office locations. But again, you know, f- we're fortunate that working in social media and working predominantly online, uh, you know, can give you that flexibility. It's so interesting that you say that. You know, I did a presentation for one of our clients um, actually on generation gaps and work workplace culture. I went into their, their offices, and they have a lot of millennials and a lot of different people, and they really wanted to understand how they could better understand each other. And for some reason, they asked me to speak, which was, which was quite fun. Um, but one of the things I remember talking about was that millennials really do not see as much of a necessity for an office because they grew up in this age of technology where it is so easy to communicate from the beach or from any of these specific places. And that, that's something that's important to them when they're looking for an employer, too, is that kind of flexibility and support. It's pretty amazing of TalkTech. You, so were you scared when you went to them and said, oh, bye, we're going to Australia for a year? Can I, was, I please keep my job? Like, how did you do that? I was not expecting uh, – I, I was prepared for them to say, okay, this is not going to work for us at all. Um, actually, my, the the um, quoted response from uh, one of the co-founders of the agency, because they were quite small, who I was working with, said, um, she was like, I have no intention of not working for you unless you're uh, dead or in prison. Oh. <laughs> and so uh, at first, obviously, that threw me off. Um, but <laughs> that... That was what she said to me, and I was like, okay, well, that's... that's, Sounds uh, good. It's a supportive employer. It's a very supportive employer. Those are two parameters I think that would be acceptable, I think. Sounds good. Um, So you mentioned, so you were at a smaller agency, and you also mentioned you were at a larger agency. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about when you're starting your career and you're you're going into the agency life, the kind of benefits and drawbacks of both? Because I think we have a lot of people who listen who are looking to get their careers started in social. And so I think it's interesting to kind of outline that for people, the difference between a smaller agency and a larger agency. And just I think a description of agency life in general would be awesome. Yeah, sure. So um, I did, I actually really started my career um, in this field with with an internship at a very small also startup agency where it was um, the woman who founded it, one employee, and myself or another intern. Um, and obviously, I got some really great hands-on experience in that environment. Um, I, it was totally PR, so um, I was, you know, doing a lot of pitching and putting, putting together press kits and things like this. And um, I got some pretty good placements and um, started to feel really good. And then after um, this internship, I went into this larger, like I mentioned, like pretty co- corporate, huge global agency. And um, again, being really type A, that, I mean, that environment, I really kind of was thriving in. It probably worked for you, right? Because of the order and the setup and everything, the way it, the way it functions. Yeah, really very much. Very much. But it was a culture shock because yes. I did come from the startup with a dog in the office and things yes, like this, yes, right? Yes. Um, but for me, again, that foundation, I think, you know, I, work, I worked really hard and, you know, at sometimes was, was pushed to work pretty hard. But I think 
it gave me the the structure that I needed and the confidence that I needed to move forward comfortably. And that was for me. I don't think it, it necessarily is that way for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- there are some pros and cons on both sides. I think it, it really depends on what type of person you are and what you're comfortable trying, because honestly, you really won't know mm-hmm. if you can handle or if you will be comfortable in a larger or smaller agency position, depending on where you're coming from, without going and working in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I... I have been very happy to have seen both sides, and I do think uh, right now I'm leaning toward the smaller. Well, obviously, because <laughs> we're here together. And, um, and, and, you know, I think it depends on the, the company size you're looking for and the opportunities you want. If you want to feel like you have a big effect in the actual business, the growth of the business, the direction of the business itself, um, obviously larger is not the way to go. Right. If you really want to get some good kind of training and background in the structure an organization, if you're, you know, really, really looking for the the biggest name client or something like that, you know, maybe you do want to lean toward a larger agency, but um, it's hard to kind of put them head to head. It's actually interesting because as you did it very well, I actually think that would be a very good little either infographic or visual piece for like ad week or something. Because you did it very well. Because I think that's right. If you want that formal training and to get the, the the training on how it's done at larger agencies across the board, a large agency is great. And if you want to have the impact on the business and you want to be able to really, you know, change and move things forward and have a bigger sort of role at that part in your career, a smaller agency is really great as well. So I think I think Absolutely. that's... Absolutely. Oh, we need an infographic. <laughs> yeah, that I would love, be a good I graphic. love that. We need to make it. <laughs> It'll be really fun. So talk to me... So. This this is pretty interesting. In in social media, you you work in social, right? So you're handling social for many large brands. And so as you're doing that, how does it change your own personal feelings and usage around social media because you're in the space so much? Like are you do you use social media differently than you might if you were not working in social media? Um I'm sure I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think uh uh, well, the, uh, you know, my my direct comparison is the the snow sports boyfriend who doesn't really use many social media platforms. I like hesitate to admit that out loud, but um, you know, he I, I have heard a comment or two about like you know feeling the need to post a picture or yes. something. But um, I definitely I wouldn't say that I I change the way that I would use it personally because you know of any client I'm working on or anything like that. It's not a direct result of my work, but I'm definitely more interested in you know, trying and testing different platforms and and seeing, you know, from a personal perspective, how can you possibly like grow a following or, you know, do you really need all those hashtags or like how many is optimal or, you know, testing and trying different things like that. Um, What types of content works? Obviously, it's still it's it's not a good direct comparison to a client because it's it's not their brand. It's not their business. It's not their voice. But um, I, I definitely probably use it more than if I wasn't working in the industry and a little more strategically because I try not to share, you know, the same picture on five different sites and things wow. like that. Wow. <laughs> so you're actually optimizing your own posts. I That's, try, yeah. That is very type A. I, kind of, I really like that. I like to Thank know you. that a lot. I enjoy that. That's great. So tell me a little bit about when you work in social media, is it difficult to feel like you can turn off. I mean, you you don't work specifically in community management, but when you have this concept that people are talking to and at brands tw- and about brands 24-7 on the internet, how do you work in social media and shut off? I have a little more of that problem, I would say, with personal usage. Again, because I'm not in a community management yes. role anymore, but um, 
I, I use social media predominantly personally to, you know, communicate with friends and former colleagues and, you know, people in different time zones mm-hmm. and different parts of the world, mm-hmm. really. So I do feel a bit of a need to respond. And this is based off work and, you know, my type A side, but to respond like in a timely manner and yes. get back to people and, you know, even write back to a friend's email, even if it might be like three pages of scrolling, I feel like I should get back to them soon. And obviously they had a lot to say to me that right. they want me to of know course. about their life. So um, I, I, I don't feel like a big stress about it, but I do sometimes have, have difficulty unplugging and I definitely have to make a conscious choice to do so. And mm-hmm. Just say, like, it's okay. I'm going to put my phone in my purse. I'm going to put my purse over here, and I'm not going to have it on the table, and I'm not going to be that rude person, right. and that can wait. It's very hard to do. It's very, very hard to do, but I think it's so important to be able to disconnect, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's just it's really an, an important piece of the puzzle, especially in this day and age where it's just – it would be con- if you if you allowed it to, it could be all consuming. I would imagine. Yeah, and it's important to you know be able to capture the moment, but also be in the moment yep. when it happens. You know, yep. not just get the picture for the sake of putting it on Instagram, but also like enjoy the sunset. Yep, and and take that moment to do. I so. love it. I love it. That's definitely tweetable. To enjoy the sunset. I love it. I, did, I tweeted a sunset photo yesterday. Oh, you so see? And it's all linked together. <laughs> and now if you were using the different networks, you might take different photos, different angles. You see, now I get you. I got yeah. your number. I love it. I love it. So do you see any major trends in social as you're working with these different clients and what they're looking for, what, what you see happening in the space? Is there anything um, that we should be looking out for in social media? Um, I, I wouldn't say this as an industry trend, but mm-hmm. from a, you know, from a client facing mm-hmm. perspective, I think it's more and more, it's always been important, but it's increasingly important, especially if, if you are in a socially focused role, um, or working for an agency that is mostly providing, you know, social support to show your clients and to really take the time to, to know for your clients their whole voice. You know, what else is there in their marketing plan? What else do they have going on for the year? Is there, a, a you know, a product launch or something that they're planning in 10 months? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we definitely have to be focused on the real time and being timely um, while being strategic. But it's at, in the same token, it's also important to know what's coming ahead and be able to plan for that and you know, if you do have to go through any long approval processes or something like that to make sure to allot that time. So I think it's just being thoughtful and and being vocally thoughtful and telling your client, you know, maybe, again, if you're in an agency setting, you and your team might have a conversation where you're thinking that way for your client, but they need to know yeah. that, that you're doing that for them. Um, and otherwise, I think, you know, clients are more, they're getting more comfortable. You know, it's been some people still might argue that social media is pretty new, but if you've been working in social media mm-hmm. a while, you're like, okay, but it's we've been doing this right. for, for years, you know. But I think more industries and more uh, types of companies are opening up and getting a little more comfortable. And the biggest thing for them, I think, is testing. They just want to see, like, let's test if this platform is right for us. Let's test if this type of content works better than another. Let's test if this is really our target audience or if we might want to add a different demographic to that list and things like that. So I think, you know, again, it's it, that's not to say be on every platform for the sake of being there. But, right. um, you know, being thoughtful for your clients and showing them that uh, – so it sounds you like you want to try new things. It sounds like thoughtful is the key word there and and being thoughtful in terms of both integrating with their entire business experience, right? And looking at what launches they have, all of that. Um, and then it's also about 
being thoughtful about testing and looking at different approaches before you necessarily launch into a whole concept. There's it's something that I've seen at agencies is many times people fall in love with their own ideas and go forward with those ideas without actually properly testing them. And I think social allows you the opportunity to test in a different way, and especially as things change, right? So we've we've seen huge changes with the Facebook algorithm, right? We've seen a lot of changes there. How do you how do you explain to clients when things change like that? Like all of a sudden, Facebook will drop a huge algorithm change, and everything's different, and and social seems to change so fast. How do you handle that type of change, and how do you explain it in a way that allows them to really get it? Some of it, I think, is is as simple and as difficult in reminding that uh, this is kind of the nature of these platforms, yep. right? They, they're not built to be and work in one certain certain way and be based on one certain structure forever. They, they are social and they are constantly evolving based on, you know, what what people enjoy, what people want to see. They, they want to be that, that hub for communication. So, um, I think it's really just saying this is this is normal. This has happened. It will happen again. It's it's kind of guaranteed. Um, even on platforms where it hasn't happened yet, that's not to say that it, that it won't. Yeah. Um, obviously, giving as much information as possible as you can, and and letting them know how does this affect them, and uh, you know, are there any changes that you recommend as a result of this? Again, for you know, do they still need to be there? Should they be there? Is there something new we should test or try? as a result of this to see, uh, you know, what brings kind of optimal performance or what gets the most people to hear or see or respond to react to your message. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just in a lot of cases, it's just guiding them through it and giving them as much information as you can and letting them know it's almost like a we're here for you. We're thinking about this. <laughs> we're, you know, we're, we're preparing everything that we can. And then you just move forward. Yeah. It's it's sometimes challenging to to position I think for the massive and rapid change that happens in social, but I th- I think you guys do it really well. If I do say so myself, <laughs> well, if I do you. say so myself because I watch you guys every day. Uh, so tell me where the next big trip is. Where are you planning? Um, I actually am going on a cruise in Ooh, a few weeks. Um, that's fun. Yeah, it should be really nice. Um, we're we're going to the Bahamas. Oh, that's and, nice. And Key West. So that's it'll nice. be a super summery vacation and. Very relaxing. That'll be fun. There may be some unplug time. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, cruises you have you kind of have to. Unplug. Yeah, yeah. But do you have any thoughts on if you were to take another huge big trip where you'd go? Where do you want to go? Well, the number one place on my list is India. Okay. Um, absolutely. I've I've uh, I've actually never been um, anywhere in in the whole of Asia yet. Wow. So, um, but India is the number one place that I'm interested in going. Um, a big trip wise, like realistically, I think maybe Japan, actually. Ooh, that would be fun. Yeah. Well, Kelly, remember, as long as you're neither dead nor in prison, you can still work at Likeable. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. I swear it. I will honor Tech Talk's commitment to you. If you are not dead nor in prison, you can still be with likable. It really is. That's a beautiful thing. It's true. I think it's pretty amazing to hear that more than once in your life. That's true. That's very good. So I think your advice to um, our young listeners should be work at places where you you can find people who will say, you can work here as long as you're not dead or in prison. It doesn't have to be that drastic. It's true. But where you feel supported, we can say that. Yes.
Yes. Definitely. Do you have any other advice for, for those who are starting out their career in, in media and in public relations, social media marketing? Yeah, I think, um, again, to my point earlier about trying to, you know, get to know what else is going on with your client or even with your company's, you know, business units. Yep. Um, it's really, you know, hopefully through internships and things like that before you really launch a career it's try as many kind of segments of this whole marketing and communications fields as you may be, think you may be interested in and yep. and give yourself you know that that permission to do so um and and really you know same thing like for for a client again is is test and try and see i mean you know whether it be with your personal usage of social media to see maybe come up with a suggestion for your client or company or organization or even if it's just um, you know, a new platform or something like that. But it's it's definitely don't don't be afraid to to push the envelope a little bit and try something new. I love it, Kelly. The word of the day is clearly optimized. You have optimized your <laughs> life and encouraging others to optimize theirs. It's awesome. And I'm so happy we got to have you on. Thank you so much. So, so happy. Where can people follow you? Kelbird? Yes. Kelbird? Um, at Kelbird on Twitter. And uh, I do have a blog that I sometimes uh, use. It's, it's a little sporadic, but it's uh, Kelly Ashley. Uh, dot tumblr oh i think i have seen it i do remember i need to get back on there and look at that have you updated it lately um i did actually i wrote oh, a post good. about two weeks ago oh good yeah, but it's it's again this is my like permission to sometimes have a blog right sometimes i write and right. sometimes i just you know share a, a, a photo or an yep. article or that's awesome you know, whatever kind of moves me that's <laughs> awesome well thanks for coming on we're lucky we are lucky to have you on all the social ladies and i'm very lucky to have you at like well thank you so, so much carrie this thanks was Cal. wonderful all right You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kirpin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com.